Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope that this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy this message. Good morning, church. How are you doing today? Good to see all of you. Hey, can we just celebrate one more time how good God is? It's so good. That's so good. I love the Valley because we are a generous people. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you because what Stacy said is absolutely correct. We cannot do it without you guys and God moving in your lives to make you generous people. And so just thank you for partnering with us. I just get really hyped up about that. So that's so exciting. Hey, we are kicking off a new series today entitled, This Is Your Year. And so I think our hope for this series over the next few weeks is that you would begin to live with an intense passion in your faith, that your faith would begin to shift and it would begin to move you to actually do something, that you wouldn't just maybe sit and and hang out and see what this whole thing is about, but that you would actually engage in it. In some way, shape, or form, your faith would actually level up that you would be willing to be uncomfortable, that you would be willing to say yes to opportunities that you normally wouldn't say yes to. And so that is our hope for this series. And I hope that today the Lord just says a word to you that moves you, that inspires you, and that challenges you for the year of 2024 to live for him. That's my hope today, is that you hear something today that makes you do that. And I'm just going to be really honest with you. As I started um, preparing for this message, I really had a hard time this week. I'm just going to be really transparent with you. I had some imposter syndrome and just like, God, I don't, I am not the person. I just would rather crawl up in a ball, hide under my desk and wait till Sunday's over. That's how I felt. And so um, I don't know if you're walking in here feeling any sort of way, but I just want to be transparent with you. And so I'm going to ask that you pray with me before I start. Would you pray? Hey, God, we just love you, and we praise you for who you are. We praise you for um, the way that you move in ways that I can't even begin to ask or imagine or understand. And so I pray that these would be your words, and they would not be mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, so um, I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever done something for the first time, and you were actually legit terrified? You are so scared, whether it's becoming a parent, whether it's driving for the first time, going away to school, um, whatever the first was, right? It's, it's terrifying. Uh, and there's this moment where you feel it inside, you're scared, you may be a little paralyzed, you're like, I can't do this. I just can't do this. This is, this is too intimidating, this is too hard. This is just a little bit too overwhelming. Well, for me, when I was 21 years old, um, mine, my little moment where I had this moment where I was terrified, um, it was working with teenagers, okay? Listen, teenagers are terrifying. They're having their own little service over there. I'm just telling you they're scary. You know why? Because they're really honest. They'll just tell you that they don't like you. Like, they're just like, yeah, you're annoying. Okay, cool. Um, And so they're terrifying. And I remember when I had started leading Young Life for the first time, I was 21 years old, and I was new to faith, uh, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what did it mean to actually follow Jesus? What did this look like? And so I started leading Young Life, and, and for a weekend, a fall weekend, which is 48 hours, I am responsible for 14 sophomore girls. 
14 of them, okay? Slightly overwhelming at 21 years old. I'm not even an adult. And honestly, when you're 21, it's all about you, right? Like, you don't really care about anybody else. Um, You're still trying to figure it out. And so I remember this moment where I was driving home from the leader meeting where they had, you know, told me all the things that were going to happen. We're going to play games. We're going to go. They're going to hear the gospel presented to them over the course of these 48 hours. And you are going to lead them in what is called cabin time. And so after every talk, we would come back to our room, and we would all sit on the floor, and, and none of them have their phones. So they, they're, they, they, I have their attention. Like, I don't know what else they're going to do. And that was the intimidating thing. That was the overwhelming thing. That was the thing that paralyzed me. At 21, not really sure what it meant to follow Jesus. I'm stumbling my way through it, but I'm expected to sit in front of these girls in such a vulnerable time where they're telling me about their fears, their insecurities, their things that they've messed up, their regrets that they have, the pressures that they're facing, and then there's me. It was this moment right in front of me where I could either choose to step into it and lean into it and be like, okay, God, I'm not quite sure what we're doing here, but okay, let's just try it. Or I could have totally missed the opportunity completely. It was a moment where I was so scared, so intimidated at what was in front of me. And so maybe today you walk in here with that type of thing. For 2024, you're already intimidated. You're already feeling defeated and we're only a week in. Wouldn't that be something? And so we're going to be looking at a story today in 1 Samuel 14, and there's 52 verses in its entirety, but we're going to be sitting in verses 1 through 14. And so I do not have the scripture on the screen, um, and so I'm going to invite you to grab a Bible at your feet, or you can go on your handy-dandy iPhone or whatever you use and pull it up, 1 Samuel 14, 1, verses 1 through 14. And um, I want to set the stage. I want to give you a little context for what's going on here because I think it's hard to pay attention if you have no idea what's going on. And the story just, you kind of just jump right in. And so there are three main characters that we're going to be paying attention to. One is Saul. Saul is the leader of the Israelites. The second is his son, Jonathan. And the third is the Philistine army. You see, the Philistine army was the intimidating thing. The Philistine army was teenagers. (laughs) Not actually, but like for me, that's what my Philistine army is, right? And so my question to you is, as we read this story, I want you to name what your Philistine army is. What is something that has you paralyzed, that has you fear? um, You're just, you can't even move. You can't even think about it. You can't even fathom it. It's so vast. It's so big. It's so impossible. It's so intimidating. What is that in your life? Because I think in order to move in our faith, we have to understand what that thing is, what our Philistine army is in our life. And we're going to be paying attention because there's this moment where somebody, a random in this story, seizes the moment right in front of them. Where he steps out in faith that God is going to meet him right where he is and he's going to show up because he knows who his God is. And so I'm going to ask you to stand with me um, as I read the scripture over your life because, listen, if we can stand for some football, we can stand for the word of the Lord. No? <laughs> there we go. There we go. So I'm going to ask you to stand as I, as I read this over your life today. And I just want to ask you to be patient because there's some crazy Bible names up in here. So I'm probably going to pronounce something wrong. So just hang with me, all right? 
And I would love for you to take out your little iPhone or your Bible and read it right in front of you. Um, it says, one day Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibeah, around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Among Saul's men was Ahah, the priest, who was wearing an ephod, the priestly vest. Ahah was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahidab, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, and the priest of the Lord, who had served at Shiloh. No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, to reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs. There was one called Bozes and Sina, and the cliff on the north was the front of Michmish, and on the other, on the south, was the front of Gibba. And Jonathan says, perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. I'm going to read that one more time over your life. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, his armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely. Whatever you decide, I will go with you. His armor bearer is like his hype man. He's like, let's go do it. Let's go figure this thing out. All right, then, Jonathan told him, we'll cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, we'll stop, and we will not go up to them. Wise move, right? Like, you wouldn't either. Um, but if, you, if they say, come up and fight, then we will go. And this is the sign, this is the Lord's sign, that he will help us defeat them. If we go up to them, that is the sign that we will defeat them. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, Look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men went from the outpost and shouted to Jonathan, Come up here, and we'll teach you a lesson. In other words, come up here, we're ready to go. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, For the Lord will help us defeat them. And so they climbed up using both hands and feet, so they have no way to protect themselves. They're just climbing up to their enemies, to the most intimidating thing ever. Jonathan and his armor bearer killed all those men up there and all who came behind them. They killed about 20 men in total and their bodies scattered over half an acre. The impossible happened. The impossible where the odds felt so against the Israelites, where the odds felt so against Jonathan, he won the battle. How did he do that? With God. Not himself. With God. Thanks for standing with me. Y'all can have a seat. You see, the one thing that I want you to walk away with today is that one day, everything changed because of faith. One day, everything shifted because Jonathan was faithful and had faith in who God was. The scripture literally says one day, like it was an ordinary day. They had all been sitting there waiting, looking at this fearful and like 
crazy army that could easily take them out. They were outnumbered. I'm talking like crazy outnumbered here. There was no way in the world that they were going to take this and win it. But because Jonathan said, today's the day, let's go engage with the enemy. Let's go see what God does. Let's go see if our God is really going to show up for us. Jonathan said, today will be different. So I don't know if you've come in here today, but I'm here to tell you that today can be different for you. And 2024 can be different for you because you have a God who loves you and who is pursuing you and does the impossible. He does the impossible. Sometimes I'm just in awe at how God moves and what he does and the way that he uses broken people just like me and like you to forge his kingdom here. To bring heaven to earth, he uses you and I. He doesn't have to do that. And over the next few weeks, you're going to hear the word mediocre mentioned multiple times. And that word really means the bare minimum. It means not like half effort, half effort sometimes. And so sometimes I wonder if that's what our faith is, if it's the bare minimum. But what this story tells us is that our God does the impossible when we feel like we are already defeated before we've even begun. And there's another scripture I want to read over your life, and it's Romans 8, 31 and 32. And it says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but he gave himself up for us. Won't he also give us everything else that we need? You see, Jonathan knew that God wanted to use someone, and Jonathan knew that he had to participate with God in order for God to do something. That's the beauty of it. And when I read this story, um, honestly, I was like, oh my goodness. My faith is nothing like Jonathan's. Because I come to God with a lot of questions. I'm like, are you sure? Did I hear you right? I, I don't think I'm the one. I don't think this is it. That looks too hard. That's, mm-mm, mm-mm. Let me just pray on it for another week. Maybe I'll get a different answer. That's what my faith looks like sometimes. Actually, a lot of the time. It's mediocre faith. One day, everything changed because somebody had faith. One day, it shifted because Jonathan chose to get up and to do something. And so I'm going to ask you one more time, what is your Philistine army? What is it that you're looking at that looks impossible? That you're too scared, that you're paralyzed, that's overwhelming? that you're not willing to actually engage with what's going on. Because when we claim the name of Jesus and when we say that we love Jesus and we believe in who he says he is, we better have some faith to back that up. That he is going to show up when we need him the most. That he is going to show up in the midst of heartache and heartbreak and all of those things. He chooses you and I to be the light. There is no other option. 
there is no plan B. It is you and me. <laughs> and so sometimes I think we can just look at the problems and the circumstances and the situations that are right in front of us and we can be like, nope, mm -mm, that's way too hard. That's way out of my league. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I, do you know what I did yesterday? There's no way. There's no way that the God of the universe, the one who created me, the one who loves me would ever use me. But that's what we do. We make excuse after excuse after excuse why we aren't going to do what we know we should do. I have this document that I read over every, every day in my life, and um, it has my life mission statement on it. And it kind of just aligns my heart and my soul with the Lord and just to make sure I'm walking in my purpose that he has given me. And I read it somewhere, and so I added it to the document. And it's, you know, like when you get a gut punch, like somebody's like, we need to talk. And you're like, uh, that feeling that you get, like your stomach just drops. This is what this statement does to me. And it says, sometimes some things don't need more prayer. They just need discipline. Discipline is doing what you know you should do when you really don't want to do it. That's what discipline is. Some things don't need more prayer. They need more discipline. Whoo, that'll hurt. Does that hurt a little bit? Make you a little uncomfortable? Because it makes me uncomfortable. But when I look at Jonathan in this story, he wasn't even sure. He says, perhaps. He said, perhaps the Lord will come. Jonathan doesn't even know the outcome of his actions. He doesn't know the results of that. Perhaps. He's signing a death warrant. I mean, you and I read this and we're like, oh, you're done for. There's no way. He says, perhaps. But there's another line that is mentioned in this piece, in this verse. Sorry, not piece. What am I saying? It says, for nothing can hinder the Lord. Nothing can hinder the Lord. No addiction, no anxiety, no depression, no failed marriage, no conflict in relationships, no prodigal child who has shunned Jesus and run so far away from him. Nothing can hinder the Lord. Jonathan had faith in who God was. And I wonder sometimes if this is, this is just a struggle for us because we like comfortability. We like to just sit and wait. And in fact, when you go back into the story and you look at his father, Saul, it's a totally different posture that his father has. Jonathan says, let's get up, let's go do something about this. And what is Saul doing in verse two? What's he doing? He's camped out, chilling under a pomegranate tree. He's lounging in the midst of a really intimidating and hard time for his people. But what you read about in the chapters before this is that the Israelites were fed up with God. They wanted a real tangible human being to lead them. And so what does God do? He gives them exactly what they wanted. He gives them Saul. 
the one who is sitting there lounging. And so my question and just a thought that I have is what if what we think is the solution in our lives sometimes is so far from what God actually has for us? Because sometimes I think our faith looks a lot more like Saul's faith. He's over-spiritualizing everything. I mean, he has a priest with him, but he's not even calling on the priest. He's just lounging. He's just sitting and waiting. Can I just ask you, what, what, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for God to do? Because if your posture is this, if it's this, when it comes to your faith, God's not a genie. He's not just going to beam in and fix it. He's not, he doesn't work that way. That's not how he works. He actually partners with those who participate in his plan. And so sometimes our faith actually has to look like Jonathan, where we get up and we actually do something with it. And so I want to ask you one more time, what's your Philistine army? What's keeping you down? What's making you scared? What's making you paralyzed? That's intimidating, that's too hard, that you're not just quite sure how you're ever going to overcome it? What's in front of you in 2024? And then I wanna ask you, what is your posture gonna be? Is it a posture like Jonathan, where one day you decide today is actually the day that I'm, it's going to be different. Today is going to be different because I'm choosing to trust that God is who he says he is and that he's going to show up when he says he's going to show up. But first, I have to be willing to take that step of faith. I have to be the one that's going to get up and move. God is always moving and working, but it also takes us engaging with him and participating with him and saying yes to him time and time again. So what is it that you're waiting for to happen? Whether you've been following Jesus your entire life or whether you've been following Jesus for five seconds or you're not even sure he's the real deal, um, I'm just here to tell you that he does the impossible and he wants to use you no matter if you're retired, if you're a student, whatever season of life that you find yourself in, God wants to use you because there are people that need your story. They need to know that there is a hope in this world. They need to know that there is love in this world. They need to know that there is grace in this world. They need to know all that because how are they going to know it? If there is no plan B and we are only plan A, how are they going to know it if we're too busy sitting here lounging like Saul? How are they going to know that God is the impossible God and he works in their favor and he goes before you and he prepares a way for you and he's moving in your story right now whether you even realize it or not he is going before you and preparing a moment for you to make that choice whether you're going to seize your moment or you're going to let it pass by last service I, I changed up the ending on, on everybody so um, the worship team wasn't prepared. The tech team wasn't prepared. But I just really felt like I needed to share this story. And it's a story about my friend Keith. And um, Keith had a rough, a rough family, has a rough family. And Keith has a daughter 
And this daughter has made some poor choices in all of the things. Um, and their life is just really hard. And his daughter was engaged. And his son-in-law was marrying his daughter, all the things. And um, one day, uh, they lived with Keith. And one day, Keith went downstairs and he found his son-in-law overdosed in the bathroom. And Keith was not a follower of Jesus. He didn't really believe faith was all that important. He didn't think it was really anything that he needed in his life until that happened, until that was his Philistine army, until the thing that was so overwhelming and so intimidating and he wasn't sure how he was gonna get through it. You see, the Philistine army is your addiction the Philistine army is your anxiety. The Philistine army is your depression, and you're not quite sure how you're going to make it. You're already looking at it, and you're like, the odds are not in my favor. They're not in my favor. I'm already defeated. And what I love about my friend Keith, he called me this morning because I texted him. And I said, hey, your name just keeps coming back up in my heart and my mind of somebody who exercised bold faith. You see, after his son-in-law passed away, Keith was angry. Keith was really angry at God, and he had a lot of questions. But Keith also said one day. He said one day, actually today is going to be the day that's different. And so Keith began to show up at church every single Sunday. He began to ask all of the questions. He began to show up day in and day out to see. Perhaps the Lord would use this tragedy. Perhaps the Lord will show up in this situation and circumstance. And Keith kept showing up and kept showing up and kept showing up. I look at people like Keith and I'm inspired by his faith. And he did all the things. He went through the eight-week study he went through Discovery U. He did all the things, and you know what he's doing today? Literally today, right now, is he is standing outside in the parking lot at a church welcoming people in, into church. And he has built a team of people, and he is pouring his life out because he has such a passion and intensity for the way that Jesus showed up in his life in the midst of his Philistine army. You see, Keith has now understood that it is no longer about him, but it's actually about who Jesus is and how he wants to show up in our lives. That's the beauty of that story, is that Keith decided one day, one day is going to be different. Today is that day. And so I'm going to ask you to make a choice. <laughs> is this the moment that you are to seize right now? To seize your moment this year for your face for your faith to grow to such an intensity and a passion that it's welling up inside of you, that it's contagious, that it actually makes you do something in the midst of your workplaces, in your home, and in your family where people will look at you and say, whoa, there's something different here. Why do you talk to your family that way? Why, why are you so nice to me when everyone else is so mean? Why do you extend such grace to me? That is the way the world should respond to you as a follower of Jesus. And so in 2024, I want to ask you, is today the day? 
Is today the day that will be different for you, that will set the tone for your 2024 so that you can see the impossible God move in such a way where your community, your church, your families, your workplaces will look different and be changed? Is today that day? My challenge for you this week is to actually, I want you to write this down. Y'all have pens, paper, whatever you have. Type it in your phone, on your notes. One day, dot, dot, dot. I want you to insert your name. One day, Kate. One day, Donnie. One day, Josh. One day, you decided that today was going to be different. When in reality, what won Jonathan the battle of the Philistines was not his strategy. It had nothing to do with the strategy. It had everything to do with his consistency and his relationship with Jesus, with the Lord. That's what mattered. He consistently sat at God's feet and said, here it is. Today is the day. I will go do this today. I will try this thing that I'm not quite sure about. I will engage in this conversation. I really don't want to. One day, Jonathan decided that today was going to be different. And it changed the life of the Israelites. Later, as you read in the few chapters after that, God sends a mass panic. A mass panic among the Philistines, and they actually begin killing each other. The impossible. They could not have won that. There's no way. But God met Jonathan in his need, his immediate need. And so I want to ask you, as we step into 2024, as we step into this series that we hope will challenge you to step into your faith in a new way that will propel you forward, that will make you move from a posture of sitting back and, and hoping that God beams in and fixes everything to actually engaging with what's in front of you. We have an impossible God, the one that blows our minds, that, that changes the circumstances that we're in, that shifts our perspective, that moves in such a way that changes the world. And when he's on our side, then who can be against us? Then what can stop us? And so I'm just going to pray over you, and then Donnie is going to um, sing a little bit. And I want you to really wrestle with this. I want you to wrestle with naming your Philistine army. And I want you to wrestle with what does it actually look like for you to step forward one day? Is today that day? Is tomorrow that day? It's an everyday surrender. Before your feet hit the floor, God, today I'm going to live for you. I will step where you want me to step. I will listen to who you want me to listen to. And I will speak when you ask me to speak. Is today that day where you make that decision if you seize the moment that's right in front of you? Hey, God, we just love you. And we praise you for who you are. And God, I just pray for somebody who's battling a Philistine army right now.
I pray that you would give them the courage and the boldness like Jonathan to move, to say today is going to be different and I'm going to treat this situation the way you would want me to treat it and I'm gonna engage with the situation you want me to engage with. God, we just lay 2024 at your feet. We lay our families, our jobs, our finances, all of it at your feet and we know that you can do the impossible. And so we give it to you. And God, I pray for somebody who's just on the fence. They're not quite sure. Is today that day? Is this a moment I should not let pass? God, I pray that your presence would just fall upon them, that they would have a sense of peace as they step forward out in faith, knowing that you are going to meet them there. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app today to stay connected with all things The Valley. And if today's message impacted you or changed your life, share it with a friend. Because changed lives change lives.